Amen. We got someone very special today that's going to be speaking. <laughs> we don't get to hear as often as we would like. But this morning I want to ask the First Lady of the Art Fellowship, Pastor Angela, if she would come. And let's give her a hand clap this morning. Can you hear me? Oh, good. It's so amazing the way God works. Open your Bibles before I pray. Go to Exodus chapter 33. I want to show you something. Because it's amazing. I'm just, ooh, Lord Jesus. Go to Exodus. This is not on the, on, on the thing. This wasn't what I was going to start with. But when they sang that song and says, show me your glory. Go to Exodus chapter 33 and verse 18. Are you there? Everybody there? Please, I want you all to be there. This is Moses speaking. And he said, please show me your glory. Please, Lord, show me your glory. And then God responded to him and said, I will make all my goodness pass before you. And I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious. And I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. He said, Lord, show me your glory. And God said, I will show you my goodness. And that's what I'm talking about today, the goodness of God. You see how God is working all this out? The Bible says in Hosea chapter 4, verse 6, He said, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And in looking at that word, destroyed, I I was like, God, are you going to kill them? Are you going to cause them to have an accident? Are you going to put disease on them? And he led me to the original word, original meaning of that word, destroy. And when you study, make sure you have, if you use the internet, I mean the Bible program, make sure you have either the literal version of the Bible or you have a Hebrew or a Greek concordance. Because that word destroyed means cut off or disconnected. So it says, my people are disconnected or cut off from blessings from the abundant life because of lack of knowledge. Everything, listen to me people, everything you get from God, every promise of God that you can appropriate into your life is going to be in proportion of the knowledge of God you have. 
If you don't have fullness, the Bible says, Jesus said in John chapter 10, I have come to give you life and to give it to you in abundance. If you are not having abundance in any area, if you are feeling disconnected or cut off in any area, it's because you don't have the knowledge. God has done all he has to do. Our God is a good God. We cannot take away from the goodness of God. God is a good God. God is a good God. Let's read Psalm 65. Verse 4. He says, Blessed is the man you choose. Blessed is the man you choose. Blessed means empowered to succeed. Empowered to have success in every area. Empowered to succeed is the man you choose and cause to approach you that he may dwell in your courts. We shall be satisfied with the goodness of your house. Of your holy temple. We shall be satisfied. We shall be full. With your goodness. Because you have blessed us. You have empowered us to succeed. And you have chosen us to dwell in your presence. And if you go down to verse 11. It says you crown the year with goodness. 2007, God has placed a crown of goodness on your head. 2008, God is going to place a crown of goodness on your head. He says, goodness and mercy will follow you all, all, all the days of your life. He's giving you a crown and he said, that's not even enough. I want to make sure you have one God called goodness. And then you have another one called mercy. You know why? Why you have to have both? Because sometimes we're going to miss the mark. And mercy is going to say, come on goodness, get up! And he'll pull it up and mercy and goodness, they're always together. God is good! Mm. Verse 12 says, let me go back again. You crown the year with your goodness, and your paths drip with abundance. They drop on the pastures of the wilderness, and the little hills rejoice on every side. The pastures are clothed with flocks. The valleys are also covered with grain. They shout for joy. They also sing. Psalm 23, 6 says, Surely, surely, certainly, without a doubt, you can bank your life on it. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me some days. Only on the days I'm having a good time. All, all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. 
Psalm 31, 19 says, Oh, how great is your goodness, which you have laid up for those who fear you. Which you have prepared, is been prepared, is been prepared for you. Which you have prepared for those who trust you. In the presence of men. The goodness of God in our life is not only when we get to heaven, it's for us here so that men, the Bible says it's the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. When God see how, when, how good God has been to you, they will fall on their knees and repent. Do you believe God is good? Oh, don't shout amen. I'm going to tell you, a lot of us don't believe God is good. God is good all the time. God is good all the time. But do you believe He's good to you? That's the question. Oh, He has a Mercedes Benz. He lives in a $10,000 square foot home. God is good to Him. God is good to her. I live in a one bedroom apartment. My car breaks down at every corner. I have a five minimum wage job. God is not good to me. I say He's good to Him. That's what we do. We indict God. We indict God. And what we do is, after we've compared ourselves to somebody else, we accept the situation where we are. We start to give reasons why we are what we are. I don't have an education. I don't come from a rich family. And so you know what we do? We settle ourselves and we sit down there and we stay there. That's what we do. And I would say, oh God, I believed you. I've cried. I've done... No, you've not done all you know to do. You're still lacking knowledge of the goodness of God. Gosh, God is good. You see, most of us believe the trials we are in is as a result of God's punishment. Oh, we've done wrong. God is punishing me for what I did. But the word says if if we confess our sins, He's faithful. Right? Is that not what the scripture says? He says He's faithful to forgive us our sins, all of our sins, and clean us from all. Why do you think God does that? So he can We just read it. He says, you crown. You've crowned me with goodness. Goodness and mercy following me every day of my life. God, God, God is not using that trouble to punish you. It's a test. It's a test. The children of Israel, he said, I brought you through the wilderness to test you. To see what was inside of you. Testing is for promotion. They are stepping stones. You should be able to look back and say, oh my goodness, Lord, I thank you for that test. Because, because of that, Lord, I'm what I am today. You know what many of us do? If we have children like us in the spirit, I'm telling you we will disown them. That is the truth. 
A lot of us were supposed to be having a PhD in the things of the spirit. We're still in kindergarten. Because you failed the test over and over and over and over. That's what we do. Testing is for promotion. God is not punishing you. He's already made an atonement for that. The blood of Jesus is already taking care of that. Because God wants to show you out to the people. It is the goodness of God in your life that's going to cause people to repent and hallelujah. If you come to my house and, and knock on my door and say, please, uh, could you come to my church? Um, I, I want you to come to my church. Um, we ha- God is good to us in our church. I'm going to look at you. I mean, that is just the truth. Moses said, God, show me your glory. God, I beg you, show me your glory. And God said, you know what? I'm going to show you my goodness. Uh-oh. So the glory of God now is what God calls his goodness. So the glory of God in your life, we now know how to tell when you have glory in your life. When God is being good to you, then I know you have glory. Glory is not the smoke. No, that's not glory. That's not glory. Show me the goodness of God in your life. He's already settled it. He's good. We can't take away from His. We've been bastard God. Listen, people, God is not so bankrupt. Heaven is not so bankrupt that He has to depend on the tools of hell to correct His children. No. No. He's not. God is a good God. Whether you are in a situation right now that you don't see it, God is a good God. Psalm 66 verse verse 10 It says for you O God have tested us It's a test It's a test Remember uh, uh, Job Just like Job Just like the enemy went to to God And said you see your servant You see your servant Job You blessed him That's why he can afford to praise you Let me put something on him And you see if he will not deny you Satan is still doing that today right. about right. you right. and then the trouble comes oh God what have I done and then you, you accept it and then year after year after year after year listen the word of God we should profit from the word of God right. the word of God should profit us Amen. you don't go to the gas station not, you go there to put gas in your car right you should come to church and it should profit you you don't go to the restaurant and watch others eat and just sit there and keep going back day after day after day. If you are not profiting from, the, from God, man, don't come to church. If you don't profit. Because the word of God profits us. It's for profit. It's to make your life better. Woo, Jesus. Let's go back. Psalm 66 verse 10. For you, O God, have tested us. You have refined us as silver is refined. You brought us into the net. You've laid affliction on our backs. You have caused men to ride over our heads. We went through the fire and through water. But, but, you brought us out to what? 
reach fulfillment. The key word there is, we went through. He says, we went through. We're not supposed to go buy the land, buy bricks, and build a house and stay there. We're supposed to be passing through. I'm talking to myself just like I'm talking to you. We're supposed to be passing through it. Because he's wanting to bring you out to a place of rich fulfillment. In the Amplified, it says, a wealthy place. A place of abundance, refreshment, and open air. That's what God wants to bring you into. He allows, the, he allows, the, yeah, troubles will come. If anybody told you being a Christian, there's no trouble, it'll lie to you. And if you tell me you don't have troubles, you're not a Christian. Because the Bible says many are the afflictions of the righteous. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. But it says, but, when you say that word, but, it means zero out what was before it. This is really what it is. If somebody comes to you and says, oh, Sister Angela, oh, you know what, I, I really lo- I love you, but, uh-uh. Forget what they just, they want to really tell you what they think about you. It's the same thing, right? Once, you, once anybody tells you, uh, whatever, but, uh, forget about the previous stuff that I just said. It's the same thing. It says many are the afflictions of the righteous. But it says, you're not going to stay there. It says, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. He's already been taken care of. Yes. Hallelujah. First Peter 1, 6-7. Oh, hallelujah. First Peter 1, 6-7. It says, In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith you see that? It's to see how genuine you are. Being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it be tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus. So if your pain and, glo- and, and suffering and testing at the end will not bring God glory, then you've not passed the test. It's time for us to graduate. It's time for us to pass the exam, people. Mm. I'm telling you, I, I just you, you look at the way it is in life. When you go to school, you start preparing for the exam, not the day before the exam. And I'll tell, I'll, I'll show that to you in scripture. What we do, we don't take the time to fill ourselves up with the word of God. We don't take the time to prepare ourselves. I can tell you now, this Christian who is successful, is not a Christian when the trouble comes, shikarababab, shikarada. Oh, where is that scripture? Oh, no. It's the Christian that has prepared himself. So that when trouble comes, say, come on, come, come on, tell the trouble. I'm ready for you. That is a successful Christian. Because you already know the Bible says many. You might as well expect it. It's coming. The evil day will come to everybody. We all experience it. But the truth, the testimony is how you came out of it. Now, what is goodness? Oh, my time is running. <laughs> Don't tell Pastor that I said something about <laughs> Ooh, What is goodness? 
Let's define that word. Goodness simply means a state of being good. Goodness means that which contributes to diminish or remove pain. It means that which increases happiness, prosperity, and success. And when I mean prosperity, it's not just in money. In money, yes. In your mind, in your job, in your relationships, in everything. Goodness means an increase in benefit, favor, and advantage. Remember Psalm 103? It says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. God wants to increase those benefits in your life. His goodness means to increase good or ease in your life as opposed to evil or misery. So instead of ease in body and mind, you have this ease. That's not goodness. That's not from God. Goodness means to increase in strength and wellness. Goodness is an act of benevolence, kindness, favor that is shown. In essence, goodness means all physical qualities that constitute value, excellence, and perfection. We know when we say something is good. We know what it means. We know we have good money and bad money. Fake money and real. We know what good means. So the kind of goodness God wants to give us, if anything in your life is not removing or diminishing your pain, that's not goodness. Anything that decreases your happiness, decreases your prosperity and makes you a failure, that's not goodness. Anything that decreases the benefits you have, the favor you have, and decreases your advantage in this world, mm -mm, that's not goodness. Anything that increases your disease in both body and mind, that's not goodness. If you're miserable all the time, that's not goodness. If you're sickly, all the time, sick, 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 sick. That's not goodness. Now, let's look at the kind of life. You know, it's, it's good to, to, to say these things, but you, we have to back it up with scripture. And that's what this church is about. Anything that is not backed up with scripture, don't take it. Because it is this word. That's why we don't apologize. We don't apologize that we... Are people of scripture because that is the knowledge you need to get connected to what you need from God. So we don't apologize that you come to service and we give you 20, 25 scriptures. You need it. You need it. Because it's according to what you believe. It's, your, it's according to your faith. Man's opinion is not going to cut it. Okay, what kind of life has God prepared for us? You see, the book of Ephesians, I love that. I mean, if you come to my Bible, I've marked it, I've everything. I love the book of Ephesians. Because in that book, it tells you what God has made you. We're seated with God in heavenly places, in Christ Jesus. 
Let's look at what it says in Ephesians 2 verse 10. And I'm going to read this from the Amplified. We are talking about what kind of life, God, what kind of life has God prepared for you? When God created you, Paul, what kind of life did he prepare for you? When God created me, what kind of life did he prepare for me? Okay, Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10. Amplified. Yes. It says, for we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew, that we may do all those good works which God predestined and planned beforehand for us, taking paths which he prepared ahead of time that we should walk in them, living the kind of life, the good life. Living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. Amen. So God has taken the trouble when he created every single one of us. He has taken the trouble to prepare and pre-plan for you to have a good life. Amen. I'm telling you, when I read this, I made up my mind. I am going to have a good life. Amen. And that's what you should do. You are going to have a good life. If God has taken the trouble to the very, from the very foundations of the earth, prepared something like He's prepared it for you. I mean, if you come home and your child, you're a mother or a father, and you prepare some food for your child, and they come home and say, Dad, I'm hungry. Mom, I'm hungry. Oh, the food is already prepared. It's ready to go eat. If they keep coming back and say, I'm hungry... Baby, the food is ready. Go and eat. That's what we do. It's already been prepared for us. It's ready. He's taking the time to... I want to know what that is. I don't want to get to heaven and God takes the the veil and says, You see all that I prepared for you? And you know what? It's not about us. Really? Let's make that very clear. God is not going to show His goodness on on, on you for you to consume it on your lust. It's much, much more than about you. It's about His plan for salvation. It's about His plan for the earth. There are people, I'm telling you, we support a leper colony in Nigeria. Every month I send $500 to those people. You think if every month everybody brings $30, $40, $50, we cannot take care of those lepers? The last time I sent money home, they said for two months, the government hadn't sent a dime. Some of them were dying because there was no food to eat. It's not about you. It's about the good works. Look at it. It says, He has already prepared good works for you to walk in. There are things you have to do. And if God's goodness, if you don't allow that connection, that flow, those things God wants you to do will not be done. May God not bypass me to use somebody else because they believed God. I must do the works of Him while it is day. For the night comes when no man can walk. Hallelujah. Do you get, are you, am I getting to you guys this morning? It's not about us. It's really not about us. It's about what God wants to achieve on this earth. And the earlier you grab hold of His goodness, then He can use you to bring release, to show His goodness. It is His goodness that will lead men to repentance. God has prearranged for us to live a good life. He has pre-planned it. He has predestined it. 
He has preordained it. He has set it aside. He has your name on it. He put a crown of it on your head. He assigned some gods to make sure it's enforced. What else do we need? Now, everything about God's goodness, every promise in the word of God, he has his own part. We have our own part. If you're playing that chess game, God makes his move, he's going to wait on you to make your move. You can cry all you want, that'll move God. You can be as miserable as all you want, and I'm going to show you what you have to do to get a hold of that goodness. Because it's not everybody that's going to get it. I'm sorry. It's those that know their God. Those who can say, Lord, you said I'm going to have a good life. It may not seem like it now, but I'm going to stand on that word, God. I'm, I'm not moved by what I see. I'm moved by what this word says. And I'm going to stand on that word until what I believe, I get to see it. If you have to stand on your Bible, but sit or stand on the Bible. I've had to do that. I mean, there was a time, I mean, things were so difficult. We fasted, we prayed, and I knew it was because the enemy didn't want you here today. It was when we were about to start this ministry. I'm telling you, at one point I was like, God, but I knew what it was. Because I've done everything else. So one night I said, God, Lord, you said, having done all, you need to stand. So I said, I don't know what else to do, Father. I'm going to stand on that thing. That's what I did. Stood on that word for five hours. Almost fell off. I was sleepy. I said, no, Lord, I'm going to stand. Because your word says it, Lord, I'm standing on it. But I can tell you now, God has never let me down. We've come through the fire. We've come through the high waters. He's tested us and he's tried us. I'm not where I need to be yet, but I'm on my way. That's my testimony. And that should be all our testimony. We have a good God. We serve a good God. He's good all the time. He's good to you. I'm telling you, if we can get this, if we can just understand that, it's so dawned on me. You see, I'm not... The sick person trying to get healed. That, the, the, very, the day that... I, I don't know what it was. You know, there's, a, there's that light switch moment. We're like, oh, okay. I'm not the sick trying to get well. I'm the healed of Christ trying to protect the enemy from taking my sick, my health. Protecting my health from the enemy. I'm not the poor and miserable person trying and struggling to get rich. 
I'm the, the Bible says he's giving me the power to get wealth. I'm the wealthy of Christ, protecting those demons from taking away from my wealth. I'm the one, I, I, he's already prepared it for me. It's just for me to take it. And make sure the enemy doesn't go there and steal my thing. I'm telling you, if you can get a hold of this, because things are about to change. Even in our congregation here, we are beginning to see, I'm telling you, just watch. But it is only those who can tap in, who have that connection, who don't allow themselves, no matter what, to be disconnected. They are the ones that are going to see what God is going to do. I'm telling you, just get ready. Because we, we, we're praying. I'm telling you, we, we travel for this church. We travel for this church. And God has given us His word for the members of this church. But the thing is, He said, feed my people, feed my sheep. And we will do that. We will get, like I was telling the women on Friday, oh, when we have the meetings, we want to make it, oh, so it's light and it's not too, too preachy. Uh-uh, from now on, get ready. Because that's what the enemy does. Um, let, let, for, no, fellowship is good. Fellowship has its place. But when you go from now on, we're going to sit down and we're going to eat the word of God. Because that's the, that is it. That's, that's what's going to give you everything you need. Amen? Mm. Okay, now let's look at your responsibility. Like I said, you have your own part. God has his own part. Oh, there she go again. This faith thing. Oh. Yes, the just shall live by faith. Amen. That's just it. We are people of faith. Everything you get from God is going to be by faith. Amen. Now, the first thing you must do. There are four things. Hopefully I have time to go through all of them. I will. If we have to stay here till one, I will. <laughs> I'm sure Pastor was here is like... Okay, back to the word now. Your responsibility in getting hold of God's goodness. The first thing you must do is believe. If you don't believe that God's goodness is for you, uh uh-uh, it's not coming to you. You have to believe like we just, you saw the, you have to go, mark your Bible. It is God's will for me to live a good life. And I'm going to live a good life, devil. You define your own goodness. My own goodness might not be what you consider as goodness. It's up to you. The Bible says it's according to your faith. Build up to you according to your faith. You tell God, my my definition of goodness is this, 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 and this. And then believe God for it. Believe God for it. Don't be moved. Don't be swayed. Just set your mind on it. Psalm 27, verses 12 to 13. It says, Do not deliver me to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me, and such as breathe out violence. Believe me, that's what I said. The enemy is looking for... Is, the Bible says they gather against you. The good thing it says, but again, cancel it out. It says, I haven't sent them. They come against you one way, they flee before you. He says, do not deliver me to the will of my adversary, for false witnesses have risen against me, 
and such as breed out violence. Now, verse 13 is very, very important. I would have lost heart unless I had believed. I would have lost heart unless I had believed. Believed what? That I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I'm going to read it again. If you have a Bible, if you have any color, color yellow, black, white, whatever, color it. Do not deliver me to the will of my adversaries. For false witnesses have risen against me, and such as breathe out violence. I would have lost heart. I would have given up. I would have fainted, given up all hope, unless I had believed. That I would see the goodness of the Lord. Where? Not in heaven. Right here and now. So, your not losing heart now is dependent on your believing. Oh, they come to you and tell you, I don't see you living a good life. You go to church all the time when the doors are open. But I don't see it. You tell them, listen. I don't live by what I see. I live by what I believe. It may not look like it to you now, but I know that God has predestined me to live a good life. And I won't stand on this word of God. And I'm not going to lose heart or faint or give up. Because I know it shall be done to me according to His word. Let that be your confidence. Believe and rest in Him. It's extended to everybody. But it's only those that believe that can get a hold of it. It's up to us. It's up to us to believe. It's up to us to believe for good to show up where there is bad. It's up to us to believe that what is going on right now is not the will of God for my life. That God is not punishing me. That this is a trial, this is a test, and I'm going to pass it. And God is going to bring me out. And you're going to stand on that. And the more, sometimes you stand, it's like, the more you stand, the more the hell, the break loose. But if you know the way God works, He's never late. He's always on time. He might drag it a little, little bit, but He will come through for you. That's our testimony. That's the testimony of faith. That we have a God who will come through for us. Because He has said, I will bring you through. Not from a dry place to a dry place. I will bring you into rich fulfillment. I will bring you into abundance. I will bring you to an open air. Time of refreshment. You look forward to that. And you don't let anything move you what you believe. You believe and you stay strong in your belief. Mm. The second thing you must do is rest. Just rest. I'm not saying go to sleep. I'm saying rest. This is an area, I, I struggle with this. Not in scripture, but in, in my physical life. I, I'm just, I like, I'm going all the time. So, we go on vacation, I, I, I have work with me. <laughs> I take all those charts with me, I'm going to work on vacation. And so, I, I want to rest, but I want to work. I wanna, so, I, I'm on vacation, torn between, you know, work and rest. Just rest. Just rest. 
Like I was saying today, our God has a track record. I mean, he's a doctor. He's never lost a patient. He's a lawyer. He's never lost a case. Will he start with you? Just chill out. You know what rest means? The, The definition of rest? Acting like you already have it. I think that just settles that, right? Not having to strive. We like to struggle. We like to struggle and so that when you can come and say, Oh, I finally I did it. It's not you. You don't have what it takes to No, it's not you. Just rest. You don't have to struggle. It's been taken care of. It's like you come home, the bed is made and you're trying to make it again. Just Angela, just rest. The bread has been made. You don't have to make it all over again. The food is ready. Just chill out. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 4. I'm starting from verse 1 to 3 and then I'll go to 9 to 11. It says, since, Therefore, since a promise remains of entering into his rest, let us fear lest any of you seem to have come short of it. For indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to unto them. But the word that they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. So that means now if you have faith, you rest. For we who have believed do, excuse me, do enter that rest. As he has said, so I swore in my wrath. They shall not enter my rest. Although the works were finished from the foundation of the world, it's been done. Rest. Just rest. Don't strive anymore. I mean, if you go further down, let me go to verse 9 before I explain, you know, just read all that. I kind of cut out some parts, but I will explain to you what it means from verse 4 to, uh, to 9. In verse 9, it says, There therefore remains a rest. For the people of God. Amen. There is a rest for the people of God. For he who has entered his rest has himself, what? Seized from all his works, as God did from his. Let us therefore be diligent. Let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest. Lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. What he's saying here is, if you're not resting, you don't believe. You don't have the faith. Because the way you show me that you believe and that you have faith is when you chill out. And he went ahead and said, when God created the the world, the first day he said, let there be light. The second day was something else. The fourth day was something else. He rested because he knew once he spoke it, it was done. We didn't see God on the fourth day saying, oh, let there be light, light. Where are you? Light. Light. No. He just spoke it. And he just chilled out because he knew the word that he spoken was, going to, was good. That was taken care of. The second day he went back, let there be, and there was. And on the seventh day, he looked at everything and said, mm, 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 good. I'm going to rest. And he said, you do the same thing. You do the same thing. 
Take the word of God and just... The Bible says we are made in His image, right? You are made in the image of God. You look just like God. You can do the same thing. If you prayed about it, go back and say, Lord, I thank you for it. Oh God, I remember. <laughs> you, know, you prayed about it yesterday, you're back again crying about it. You're not resting. You're not resting. Just chill out. We have to struggle. I mean, I'm telling you, I, I'm, I'm, God, is deli- God is going to deliver me from it. Because I don't know, physically, it's just go, 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 go. I was telling the ladies, I'm, I'm really, I want balance. 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 You don't want to wear one high heel and then one short heel and then you constantly, you're doing that before you know you have sciatica. Balance. Rest. Rest. Ooh. Rest in the truth. Rest in the truth. Act like you already have it. That's what rest means. Just, mm-mm, Satan. Oh, you, oh, no, I'm not going to deal with that anymore. I've already taken care of that in the spirit. So, mm, no, let me go on to something else. Oh, he'll be mad, but you know who you have. That's why we have, that's why the knowledge, again, you see? You see? Don't wait until the trouble comes before you start trying to get the scriptures. Uh -uh -uh. Be prepared before the trouble comes. You know it's going to come anyway. So what scriptures do you have that you're standing on? When trouble comes, oh Lord, oh God, he says, uh, uh, where is it in the Bible again? Oh, no. Let me tell you, he knows this Bible more than a lot of Christians. He went to Jesus and said, it's written. Has Has God said? That's why he, he's still doing the same thing today. And when he says that, we don't have anything to say back to him. We start to cry. Oh, I don't know. I've, got, I've done everything I know to do. I, I, I don't like... Don't say, that, don't say that to me. I really don't like hearing that. That's just the truth. Because we know deep down we haven't done all we need to do. We know that. That's the truth. If truth be told, we know it. You don't have scriptures you're standing on. You haven't gone on a fast. You're not praying. You're not making your confessions. And you're telling me you've done all you know to do. Amen. Are you not saying that God is not good? Come on. Am I too hard? That's just the truth. I don't get to preach often, so I've got to give it to <laughs> Lord Jesus. Okay, I'm almost done. Mm, 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 two more, two more. The third thing you must do is to dwell in His presence. Dwell in His presence. Carry His presence with you 24-7. Not just when you're at church, we sang, you know, everybody's feeling, mm, and then on Monday morning, no, dwell in His presence. Surround yourself with Him all the time. Just, oh, if you have to go to the bathroom at work, if it's getting crazy, just take it. Just go to the bathroom and just sit down there, Lord. Okay, I'm fine now. Then you go out there. You must, you, you have to learn to do that. You have to learn. Look at this. Psalm 23, verse 6. I told you, I, I'm very, mm, you have to hold me down sometimes. Because this scripture, I know this is where it is. This works. Psalm 23, verse 6. It says, Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. 
So if you dwell in his presence, the house of the Lord is the presence of the Lord. If you dwell in his presence, you are guaranteed to have the goodness of God following you all the days of your life. Psalm 16:11. You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. So if I want those pleasures, those good things, then I need to be in his presence all the time. Acts 2.28 You have made known to me the ways of life. You will make me full of joy in your presence. Dwell in his presence. Have fellowship with him. Spend time with him in prayer. Spend time in his word. Wait on him and serve him. When you go to a restaurant, you see how those waiters serve you? Serve God like that. While you're waiting for that thing to come to pass, serve him, love him. God, what do you want? Oh, I'll do that, Lord. Oh, you want this? Oh, yes, Lord, I'll do that. Lord, I'm, I'm your servant. Whatever, whatever, Lord, I, I'll do that. I love you, Lord. Is that what you want me to minister to that? Oh, Lord, I'll go. I, I'll, I'll lose my sleep. Oh, those lepers, Lord, you want me to go there? I'll go. I'm not afraid of catching leprosy. I know you will support me, Lord. You will heal me. You will cover me. You serve him. You minister to him. And don't let yourself to be distracted by these earthly things. You stay in his presence. I'm telling you, you, I mean, living in the spirit, sometimes, for us Christians, the easiest way to get out of the the, the, the presence of the Lord is when you walk in the flesh. And when you have time, just write this down. Go look at Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 to 26. Avoid, avoid, avoid the works of the flesh. Avoid it. Don't have carry bitterness, anger, lust. Don't, don't, don't. Mm-mm. You, you have to be in His presence because in His presence is fullness of joy. And in His right hand is those pleasures that you're waiting on and believing God for. And the last one is be thankful. Be thankful. This is probably, this is so, this is such a big key. And you know why this is such a big key? Because we are very, very good at comparing ourselves. He has this. I don't have that. His wife is that. My wife is not that. The husband is like that. My husband is not like that. But hon, remember where you were? Where God has brought you from? When you compare, you know what you do? You minimize the goodness of God in your life. You are telling God that he's not, what, he don't, what he did for you was inferior. And God, 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 no, no, no. I'm telling you, if, if you can just look back to where you've come from. I, sometimes I just, I just almost in tears because I'm like, God, you've been so good to me. I want to take a bath and I turn on that faucet, I turn on the tap in the, in the bathroom, there's hot water, there's cold water. That's right, that's right. 
growing up to you, that might not be a big thing. But growing up, before I could take a, a, a warm or a hot bath, I had to boil the water on the fire. There were nine children in my house, and my father was the kind of person, every stray person was in our house. We had five girls and four boys. All five of us, the girls shared one room. You figure that out. So half of my life, I was on the floor. God is be good to me. Now I wake up, my mattress is soft. I turn on that water, I can make it hot, as hot as I want, as cold as I want. I'm not going to compare myself to you. Amen. You can be in your 10,000 square foot home. I, my 3,000 square foot is good enough for me. Because I remember when I was in a one bedroom apartment. With no chair. When I came to this country, I mean, there was no chair. We had a twin size bed and a 19 inch TV, three plates and about four or five spoons. That was it. That was it. When we moved out of that, that apartment, when they came to check the house, you know you have to clean it for them to come see if they'll give you back a deposit. The leasing lady said, oh, you didn't have to change the carpet. I looked at her, I said, no, we didn't change the carpet. She said, there are no chair marks, nothing. I said, because we didn't have chairs. The carpet was as thick and span as the day we moved in, exactly the same way when we moved out. I'm, God is good. Mm. So don't compare yourself. Don't ever, I mean, that's an insult to God. It's a slap on His face. Jesus showed us the example when He got those five loaves and two fishes. He took it and said, Lord, I thank you. And because of that, He was a man like us too. He was God, but He was man. He said, Lord, I thank you. And just giving thanks, God multiplied that. And gave them so much that they had 12 baskets full. When you thank God, you give yourself room to receive more. When you're not thankful, you just you close yourself up. Five more minutes. So be thankful. Just, just go back a week from today. A week, a week ago. Then go back two weeks ago. Go back one year ago. Go, I mean, by the time you do that, no matter what you are doing right now, it's, God is good. The ten lepers, we saw that again. They came to Jesus to be healed. And as they were going, they got healed. The remaining nine of them just, oh, only one came back, only one came back and said, thank you thank you thank you for healing me oh, I can go back to my family now I don't have to be an outcast anymore thank you Jesus and God said, because of what you've done you are going to be made whole let me tell you, if there are pieces missing your thankful attitude is what's going to make it whole God doesn't like murmuring and complaining. Look what he did to those children of the Israelites in the desert. Those that complained, the the ground opened up and he gave them a straight ticket, straight to hell. 
That's what murmuring and complaining will do. Be thankful. You may not have the, the brand new car, but your 970 car is taking you to work. There are some people, all they have is their legs. Oh, okay, you don't have a car, but you can walk. Go, you, you all need to go with me. I'm telling you, go with me to the leper colony and see people with no hands, no feet. They cannot see and they can still praise God and say, Lord, thank you. And here you are, you are complaining you don't have enough money. Excuse me. God has been good to us. God has been good to us. Don't let, you see, when you're thankful, it keeps your faith focused. When you're thankful to God. When you murmur and complain, it derails you. And believe me, it's so hard. When you're already on, on, on track, it's hard to get back sometimes. And the problem is, like I said, it's because we are comparing ourselves with other people. Don't compare. God knows what you can handle. These five fingers are not the same. The pressure this one can put on here is not the same pressure this one can put. God knows what you can handle. God knows you more than you know yourself. So thank Him for where you are. And say, Lord, this is not where I want to be, but Lord, I'm going to thank you for it. Because I know if I'm thankful, I'm expanding myself. I'm giving you room for more, Lord, to put more in my life. And that's what He's going to do. That's exactly what he's going to do. Amen. Psalm 100, verse 4. Mm. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. So you can't even come into his presence. The presence of the Lord would even be with you if you're not a thankful person. And into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. Why? For the Lord is good. And His mercy is everlasting. And His truth endures for all generations. Psalm 106, last scripture. Psalm 106 from verse 1 to 5. Praise the Lord. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. For what? For He is good. For His mercy endures forever. Who can order the mighty acts of the, of, of the Lord? Who can declare all His praise? Blessed are those who keep justice. And He who does righteousness at all times. Remember me, O Lord, with the favor you have toward your people. Oh, visit me with your salvation. That I may see the benefits of your chosen ones. That I may rejoice in the gladness of your nation. That I may glory with your inheritance. Oh God, I will be thankful because I know you're good. And in doing that, I'm going to enjoy all the goodness you have planned for me. That should be our attitude. So today, I hope, Mark, please come back. So I hope somehow I've put in you today. I've let you somehow, I hope God has put something in you. That from now on, you're going to say, God, you're good. 
And you're going to stand on the word of God that says he's crowned you with his goodness. A crown, if you have to get some safety pins to put that crown on, get safety pins, make sure that crown is on. Don't allow the enemy to take your crown from you. Believe God. Believe him. He's a good God. Rest in what he's already done for you. Just rest. Just rest. Dwell in his presence. Oh, I came to church. I've been coming to church. Oh, nothing. No, oh, no. Just, just serve him. The Bible says God is faithful to reward those who diligently serve him. He wills. I mean, you can bank on it. He will reward you. And then be thankful. Be thankful. When you look at that wallet and there's no money, Lord, Lord, thank you there is room for more. There's all, I mean, thank you, Lord, is always an appropriate response. And once you start doing that, I don't care how the situation looks, once you can go on and thank him, before you know it, something inside you says, mm, yes, it's done. And the situation is still the same, but everything, the atmosphere, you've changed the atmosphere because God dwells in the presence of his people. You brought him down to dwell there. Stand on your feet. Oh, thank you, Lord. God, we are so sorry. We have indicted you. We've put a name on you that does not belong to you, God. God, you are a good God. You have preplanned and predestined and preordained everything that we need that pertain to life and godliness. Lord, we thank you today for your goodness, O oh God. You have been good to us. You have chosen us to be your children. And when you chose us, you called on us and said, Blessed. You gave us that seed. You empowered us to succeed in every area of life. Lord, we thank you for that. Thank you for that. We thank you for that. Lord, we just, right now, if you're here today, you just say, Lord, I'm so sorry for, I'm really feeling like right now that, Lord, I haven't acknowledged your goodness. Lord, I just want to raise my hand and say, Lord, you're good. Please do that right now. And mine is up too. Because so many times we've accused God falsely. Lord, you see those hands that are raised to you, God. Lord, we acknowledge today that we have wronged you by not seeing your goodness in our lives. By allowing the enemy to show us those areas where we think we have missed the mark. But it's your goodness that has kept us thus far, oh God. Lord, we are grateful to you. We are grateful to you. We are grateful to you. Lord, today as we have repented, Lord, we've connected ourselves back to the flow of your goodness. Lord, goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our lives. Goodness and mercy. Because you have crowned us with goodness. And Lord, we give you praise. We give you glory. 
Lord, as we live, Lord, we are not living your presence. We will dwell in your presence 24-7. Be with us, O God. Lord, we give you praise today. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You are blessed. You may... Just, just go in, in, in that. I, I mean, I can. It's like I can see that something inside of you just say, mm, "Go with that. Go with that. Don't allow the enemy to move you back and forth. Go with that. Keep that. And just say, mm, I know it. He's a good God, and His goodness be upon you. Amen and amen and amen.